You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's the final hour on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Come on in. Stay a while. Should be a big night for Steph Curry. He tied the game with a layup last night with 48 seconds to go. And then the Warriors eventually won by two over the Pacers. Steph went 5 of 15 from three-point range. He's now one behind Ray Allen's all-time NBA record. You know, something that is always missed when it comes to Golden State. Dating back to last season, the Warriors have held 29 consecutive opponents under 50% shooting from the floor. That's the longest such streak in two years. 29 consecutive opponents under 50%. Now, we can give a lot of credit to Draymond Green, and rightfully so, because Draymond Green is a great defender. I don't think he's quite the defender that Steve Kerr says he is, but he's, he's a great defender. And if you factor that in with winning some titles, then maybe he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Now, I, I don't vote on it, but if you factor those things in, you know, he doesn't lead in any real statistical categories, although he's a very good passing big man. But he is a great defender. But team-wise, and they don't even have Clay Thompson, who's a really good two-guard defender. But uh, Golden State against the Knicks, and I would imagine Steph Curry, let's get this out of the way. And he did you know, walk it back by saying, you know, I never should have said I could go for 16 threes in a game. You get caught up in it. The media got caught up in it. And I kept thinking, he's not making 16 threes in a game. He's just not. And it, as much as I love watching him play, and he's the greatest shooter I've ever seen, you're not making 16 threes. And Philadelphia had a great game plan. They played really well against him, limiting you know his, his uh, opportunities there, and it felt like he was forcing the issue. Even against Indiana last night, 5 of 15. Now you have the Knicks, get a couple out of the way early, and then move on. Because I do think it's affected him. Uh, in the last couple of games. But, you know, Golden State continues to win. You get Klay Thompson back. I've said it all year long, even though it's not that long. This is a dangerous team and the team to beat out West. You know, I watched the Lakers. You know, LeBron is putting up good numbers. And, you know, if, if you look at his numbers this year, they're very comparable to his career numbers. Like, we look at LeBron and we think, man, he's not having a good year. Well, he hasn't been healthy. But when he does play... He's played well. I said it's not an aberration that he was going to stop going to the hoop this year. You know, when we we saw those first couple of games, he was shooting a lot of threes. Well, this is what happens later in your career. And he's turning 37. And yes, is he slowing down? Yes. I like how an anonymous scout said, oh, you know, he's not the same guy with the same burst. Like, really? He's third in the league in minutes, minutes per game. I think around 37, 38 minutes per game. I mean, eventually he's going to slow down. Does he have the same burst? Like, compared to what? Look at LeBron's numbers and look at Steph Curry's. And we think Steph Curry is having a great year, right? He's, He's an MVP candidate, probably the leading candidate right now. Look at LeBron's numbers compared to Steph Curry. Very similar in points. LeBron, obviously, more rebounds, more assists, and shooting better than Steph Curry. I think LeBron is shooting over 50% from the floor. 
Now, he's shooting 35% from three-point range. Now, that's solid, but he's shooting too much. He's not a good shooter. He's a streaky shooter. But you're shooting eight threes a game. Here's my problem. I want LeBron getting to the line. He's shooting four, an average of four free throws per game. Maybe in the spring he will. I don't think he has a lot of confidence in his free throw shooting, first of all. Because if you do, you do whatever it takes to get to the line. You draw contact. You want contact. You want to take it to the hoop. You know, we've seen that with Ben Simmons. You know, some of these other players, they don't want to get fouled because they don't want to go to the line. Now, there's there's talk again about Ben Simmons and could he be traded. I, I don't know if anything's changed here. Philadelphia still wants a couple of marquee players for Ben Simmons. And it feels like Daryl Morey, their GM, is going to hold true to that. And he said, look, we may not trade him the entire year. Yeah, Paul. I, I don't know how you trade for someone like Ben Simmons because he's not playing right now, right? He's yeah. a healthy scratch. I yeah. know he's got issues. Yeah. But if you're the team that's trading for him, do you talk to him and his people and say, well, if we trade for you, are you playing soon? Are you playing next year? Are you allowed to discuss that with the player before you make a trade for them? I'd like to know if he's going to play for my franchise. Well, it goes back to what the Dolphins were trying to do with Deshaun Watson because I was told they wanted to talk to Deshaun Watson. They wanted to know, will you settle these civil cases? And they were going to allow the Dolphins to be able to talk to Deshaun Watson or at least his representative. Just so they could say, look, we're not trading for you unless we know, like, what's going on here. And if I'm trading for Ben Simmons, then I, I, I would never trade for Ben Simmons without being able to talk to him. Not his rep. I want to talk to Ben. And that would be, hey, where are you mentally? Because that was an issue in Philadelphia. Still is. Yeah, McLevin. But the only issue is he doesn't like the Sixers. There's no me- Everyone knows that's just the only thing going on. Well, I don't know. Remember, he was having mental issues, and but he he wouldn't let he wouldn't go see the Philadelphia 76ers doctors. Yeah, and, that's how he could get paid. I, oh, I know. I understand yeah. the strategy here, but if I'm doing my due diligence, I still don't know where Ben Simmons is mentally. He can say, "Hey, I'm making this stuff up." There's something there. Because when he comes back, he's still not making free throws. This is still going to be an issue for him. He might say, look, my mental issues have to do with the Sixers make me mental. When I go to some other place, when I go to Sacramento, I'm going to be fine. Okay, maybe. Yeah, Paul. But according to Ben Simmons and all the reports, the Athletic, uh, Woj, he is, quote, not readily, not mentally ready to play. Yeah. Not, not mentally ready to play for the Sixers, yeah. just in general. So is that a real thing that he's not mentally ready to play? Or was it to get paid in the convenient excuse? Because we're told we're not allowed to critique him in any way for that. But if I'm the other team, I got to know, was that real that you weren't mentally ready to play? Or was that a tool to get paid? Well, I'm guessing that there's probably a little truth to both of those. Maybe a lot of truth to getting paid, but maybe mentally he checked out with Philadelphia. Doesn't want any part... Of the We knew this before the season started. When I started to see tweets from Joel Embiid, I went, oh my gosh, they got a campaign going on. They're trying to let everybody know that they want Ben Simmons back. And, and they don't want Ben Simmons back. Doc Rivers said, no, we want him back. You don't want him back. You didn't want him back. Now they might say, of course we did. But Ben had already checked out of the 76ers. And... You know, so now he's sort of 
in limbo. Who comes back and plays uh, sooner, Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving? And now the Nets are going to have to weigh the following. Do you let Kyrie practice with the team when you're on the road? Do you let him play on the road? Do you need him to play to win a championship? James Harden has not been great this year. Do you need Kyrie Irving to win a championship? And I think that's what the Nets are going to be. Like, there's a couple of things going on right now. You've got COVID is, you know, decimating the NBA. I mean, look at the Bulls. The number three seed in the East. Their season has come to a halt. The NBA postponed their next two games because of a COVID breakout. They have 10 players who have entered the health and safety protocol over the past week. The Bulls have eight active players. Four aren't even on full NBA contracts. And now you're going to try to bring Kyrie back. You know, you're going to have different mask mandates in, in these cities. Philadelphia is is considering that. Like, that, it's not over. It's not just New York. There's other cities that could say, we demand that you have vaccinations. And that could affect Kyrie if he's playing with the team and playing only on the road. Yes, Eden. Earlier, Kyrie posted a video of him putting on sneakers. And people are... <laughs> interpreting that as that means he's coming back to play. Celebrity journalist Flo Anthony, who claims to have spoken to a source with knowledge from someone close to Wood, says Tiger is struggling. Okay, so he's putting on shoes. Are these the shoes that he made fun of and ripped on his uh, social media? Not sure. Remember that when he he was ripping how bad these shoes were? I don't know, but these look pretty dope. But they're his sneakers. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, McLovin. The headline was that the Nets had their practice facility reclassified as a work office and not a gym, so <laughs> he's now allowed to get in there, so they think he might come back within a week or two. Yeah. That's a tra- That's a neat little trick. Yeah. Well, read the fine print, you know, I guess if it uh, helps the Nets here. Uh, but I don't know. It feels like Kyrie's going to play before Ben Simmons. And I... I wouldn't have thought that that was going to be possible. If you said a month ago, I would have said, well, Ben will obviously be playing somewhere. Kyrie feels like he's sticking to his guns. Yes, Paul. We got to get jobs where you don't have to show up to work (laughs) and you just get paid tons of money, where you just are a healthy scratch. There's a lot of healthy scratches in sports these days. Yes, McLovin. I wonder, too, if Simmons and Rich Paul, if they'll let him get traded to Sacramento. That's, that's, I think, the big behind the scenes. Or a team that's not, he wants to go to L.A. or New York. Can he, does he have any leverage on this? I know, and then you always hear, well, the Lakers could be interested in Ben Simmons. Who are they trading? Because if you want marquee players in return, who are the marquee players? You're not trading LeBron, you're not trading AD, and you're not going to trade Russell Westbrook Jr. the third. Oh, we're not taking Russell Westbrook no, Jr. No, but, I, but I, he's at least a marquee player. And I know Buddy Heald and R.J. Barrett are available with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, did Marvin Bagley. Oh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, yeah. R.J. Bears for the Knicks. Yeah, so I don't know if that's it. Philadelphia would go, we'll take Marvin Bagley and we'll take Buddy Heald for Ben Simmons. And I joked when this first happened, I said, you know, maybe Ben could go to Sacramento. You don't play in meaningful games. And then maybe you can get some confidence. Maybe that happens with Sacramento, that they bring in Ben Simmons. And, you know, I had a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, Portland's got to trade to get Ben Simmons. Well, Philadelphia wants 
They don't want C.J. McCollum. They want Dame Lillard. And Portland, I would never do that swap, but I would consider doing something with Dame Lillard if I thought bigger picture here, it helps us. You know a team that I keep an eye on? Nobody else does. Cleveland Cavaliers. They're a young team, an interesting team. Now, they still have Kevin Love, and Kevin had a good game last night. I think he had six three-pointers. And I thought he was going to be moved last year. But they do have a, a like a, an interesting young group there. I'm not a Colin Sexton fan. Garland's a good player. Uh, Evan Mobley, you know, I love him. Uh, who's my uh, center? Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Like, they... They're, they won 17. They've lost 12. I mean, they're, they're, they're not bad. They're competitive. But, yeah, and, you know, the Zion Williamson situation, I, I know that, the, you know, Pelican's trying to downplay this, but I've been told, I was told a long time ago, this is an issue. It's going to be a big issue. And now they want to downplay how much he weighs. You can downplay it all you want. All I know is he's not on the floor. And with that kind of surgery – that can derail a career. That can stay with you. Now, does he have to slim down, putting less pressure? I mean, here's a guy who relies on his ability to be inside. Most of his baskets are four feet away or less, and you need that explosion. And I don't know how he can go out there and exercise with a broken foot. So there are a lot of different questions here that are coming up. I did say I'm going to wait until after Christmas with the Lakers, I don't, maybe I don't have to wait that long, you know, cause I watch and do I think LeBron can carry the team on his back? And that's, that was my thought along all, uh, all along with Russell Westbrook, let him take the minutes, let him take the ball, let him be sort of the energy guy. And then hopefully AD plays well, the role players play well, and then LeBron can come in and, you know, right into the rescue. And maybe that can still happen. But Clay Thompson coming back with Golden State, Golden State is the team to beat. And Phoenix is better than the Lakers right now as well. And Phoenix may be better than Golden State. But when Clay comes back, if he's 80 to 90% of what he once was, Golden State, you know, they're, they're the team to beat out West. And as far as the East, I don't know. Philly, Bucks. Throw in the nets. I don't know. Yeah, Paul. From a storyline standpoint, wouldn't you prefer Nets Warriors in the finals than Nets yeah. Lakers? Yeah. I know Lakers well, is a home I, run always. Yes. Not, so I, I'm, I'm actually wrong, but from a, because Lakers are a sure thing with ratings. But the, the Golden State Warriors versus Kevin Durant, well, while healthy, yeah. put that one to bed. Content wise, yes. I would say yes. And the fact that I've been drooling all over the Warriors since last season, that would be nice. They'll make you look good. They let me, t- yes, this is about me. They let me down last year. Uh, we're rolling out the behind-the-scenes footage from the calendar shoots exclusively on our newsletter. Today's video will be the Danettes doing the Bohemian Rhapsody shoot. And if you're not already signed up, go to danpatrick.com. Enter your, in your uh, the uh, box that pops out right-hand corner. Just put your email in there. And uh, we're not going to barrage you with anything other than we'll give you updates on things that are on danpatrick.com. And the newsletter is so well done. And it's basically just a recap 
a recap of everything we do during the day and a heads up on some of the other things, podcast that we have uh, on there as well. But uh, go to danpatrick.com and sign up today. We'll take a break. We'll uh, get to phone calls coming up right after this. I love master class. You know, I did this last year where I gave a class to my wife. Now, you buy one, and then I was able to uh, give my wife a master class. Now, you would think I would be teaching a master class, maybe interviewing, but uh, hair, good hair, maybe a grown man putting on makeup. How to have good hair. Yeah. (laughs) I had to learn how to put on makeup when I was at ESPN. And and nobody taught me. So I'm asking my wife. I'm borrowing makeup from my wife. And uh, I because I didn't know, we didn't have a makeup artist when I first started at ESPN. They said they couldn't afford it while they were making a couple hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, but they don't teach a master class, I don't think, in that. But they have a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their field. Usually about 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson. You buy one membership, you get one free. Masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. You can find all classes, including new additions, on masterclass.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Sunday Night Football on NBC, it'll be Tampa Bay, New Orleans Saints. Tonight, Warriors and the Knicks. Super Bowl going to Vegas 2024. Spencer Rattler going to SC, and I thought, wow, he's going to USC. No, he's going to South Carolina, the other USC. Rams hold off the Cardinals last night, 30-23. to Everybody wanted to talk about Aaron Donald last night. Everybody. Here's Matthew Stafford on Aaron Donald's greatness. Yeah, I've seen it from afar. I've seen it up close, you know. Um, I've been on the other end of that dang thing. So, no, he's he's a special player. He's a great teammate, great leader on the defense with really out saying much. You know, he just goes out there and plays, plays at a high level. You're right, though. First snap of the game to the last snap of the game, the guy's affecting it in a positive way for our team. Covers up a lot of stuff for us on defense and makes big-time plays when we need them. So that's what a great player is, and, and he definitely is that. Here's Sean McVay as head coach. That's what the best do. They play their best when their best is required. We talk about competitive greatness all the time. This guy's the epitome of competitive greatness. Really proud of Aaron. Not at all surprised, but he's a special player, special person, and you felt his presence from the very first snap and then to the last one, and he was outstanding tonight. If he doesn't win NFC Defensive Player of the Week, something's wrong. Yeah, but he wants to win more than Defensive Player of the Week. And Micah Parsons got it. Micah Parsons and I guess T.J. Watt, maybe Miles Garrett. For Defensive Player of the Year, it just feels like it's going to be Micah Parsons for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think, you know, playing for the Cowboys, having this momentum, and those games are always the most viewed games normally, and uh, and he's performed well. First of all, is Trayvon Diggs, but I can stay away from you if I want to. When it comes to, a, you know, a player like Micah Parsons, it's kind of hard. You know, they, they would teach you this. I remember Alan Page, Hall of Famer, played for the Vikings. And I remember that offenses would run at him because then they knew where he was. He had such great pursuit as a defensive tackle. He wasn't big, but he was athletic. And, and they therefore would run at him, therefore that they didn't worry about his pursuit. And some players like that, that's what you do. So you cut down on their ability to make up ground on you. 
And Micah Parsons is one of those players. I would go at him, not away from him, because he's going to catch you. He's that fast. And teams did that with Lawrence Taylor as well, because his pursuit was like no other player I'd ever seen. Yeah, Paul. Josh Allen, the quarterback, he was talking about um, playing against Matthew Judon in the Patriots. He said, well, he goes, with an outside rusher like that, you're hoping your offensive lineman can push him really wide, and then there's a big hole there to run through. He goes, so I don't really have a problem with those guys. It's the ones who are right in front of me that I can't avoid. We were talking about Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, and you start to think about all these players in the past year who weren't playing, aren't playing for whatever reasons. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Ben Simmons, Marvin Bagley, John Wall, Zion, Kyrie, Deshaun Watson, Simone Biles, Trevor Bauer, Naomi Osaka. I mean, there's real star power that hasn't played for a variety of reasons. We still don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson because there has been no information on that. Yes, Eden. Simone Biles not being able to compete in the Olympics is was stunning. Yeah, that was shocking. Yeah, and then you you start to hear her talking about this, and what what I think we were watching live during the show, and and you know Paul goes Simone Biles she's not competing. She's grabbing her bag. She's leaving. And I go, wait, what? And then you realize what was happening in real time. Her teammates were finding out in real time. And a lot of this was she compartmentalized what happened with Larry Nasser when there was sexual abuse. And, you know, you try to put it to the side because you're representing your, co- your country. You're making all this money in endorsements. Like, there's a lot of pressure. You're the face of women's gymnastics. You're one of the faces that NBC is selling with the Olympics. And it just, it came out. It comes out in different times, in different places. As somebody who's battled depression, there are times when it happens where you don't even know why it happened and, and why you feel a certain way. But for Simone Biles, she got in that moment, and she she couldn't get out of that moment. And probably still has a hard time defining it, explaining it. And people who have depression have a hard time convincing or telling people, explaining to people, hey, this is what it's like. Oh, come on, cheer up. <laughs> and like, it, it, it's not that easy. Hey, come on, you got everything, cheer up. And, you know, the misconceptions of depression. And here's Simone Biles, who... You know, these 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 women had to go through this and then go out there and put a smile on your face. Go represent your your country. And it just kind of was this wave that hit her. And she was like, I can't do it. And that's why when people talked about, you know, Tom Brady winning sports, Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. And I thought, okay, you know. We won a Super Bowl. It's a great story, but it's not a great story that hasn't been told about Tom Brady. Simone Biles, Giannis, those are, you know, those were two that came to mind. Certainly Giannis. I mean, that's a great story. I mean, that's a story that should be told and, and continue to be told. You know, what he came from to what he's accomplished to what he wants to continue to be. And, and staying in Milwaukee. And I, and I don't know. There's just so much more to that. Who was the other name that I brought up aside from uh, Giannis? For, uh, Shohei Otani. Thank you, Paulie. That's a great story, too. 
I mean, you you had. I mean, it's never happened before. Like he, he and he got flair, you know, coming over another country, uh, owning All Star Week. I, I don't know. There was just so much more to it. And and I I loved Sports Illustrated when I was able to be a part of the Sportsman of the Year award, and I I took great pride in it because it meant so much to me growing up. I just Tom Brady, I don't know. Just it, I don't want to say it's a cop out. It, it it was just there was nothing new. Tell the stories. Tell the stories. Giannis Otani. Even Simone Biles, to have the courage to do that. And it, and it did take courage for her to do that. Because I know people have said, oh, you quit her and you walked away and you're, you're not tough. And I, I, I don't think she went, you know, I'd rather be doing something else than uh, on this stupid balance beam. I don't think it was planned. I think it hit her in real time. And that's rare. Remember when Kevin Love walked off the floor? It hit him right then. It's not one of those behind the scenes where you go, what, what happened? Uh, not a good headspace. Like Calvin Ridley. I don't know what's going on with Calvin. But I respect what's going on with him, that he had to check himself out. I understand that. Yeah, Todd. You can easily argue the true toughness is recognizing you have a problem and being able to speak up and actually do something about it instead of continuing on and spiraling and playing the game and doing what you're expected to do when you just physically and mentally can't get there. Well, we're so used to the athlete who fights through it. Well, you can fight through an injury. Fighting through depression or whatever it was that you know she was thinking about or going through, that's not something that's easily diagnosed. Like, I don't put a Band-Aid on it. I don't wrap it up. I don't ice it. And I think that's, that's the tricky part of this. Because those who are not knowledgeable or naive uh, or insensitive can pile on somebody because they don't want to play or they can't play. They don't feel like playing. And it's so much more than that. And until you understand that or you have somebody who is with you and you can understand it firsthand, then you'll never get it. Depression. Yeah. It's a, that's why I thought Simone Biles would have been great for Sports Person of the Year because it would have been something that nobody would have expected. And I love the Greek Freak story and Shohei Otani as well. Those were stories that needed to be told. Tom Brady's story. Look, he's the greatest. There's nothing new here. Yeah, Paul. I, I was watching the other day. It was like one of those sports year review shows, and they were showing the footage from the Olympics where Simone Biles is shutting it down. And and what's not covered enough is, is the other athletes, too. The Some of the other women on the team, they're not supposed to be in that event, and they have two minutes heads up. I think it was Jordan Childs is one of the uh, competitors. She wasn't supposed to be in that event. She wasn't warmed up, ready for the day, like to participate. And she had like, okay, you're up, go. And they don't give you like a, a 20 minute warm up timeout because your teammate has to had to tap out. And it was fascinating to see the other athletes get their turns with almost no heads up. The other gymnasts. And Simone stayed there and wanted to be a cheerleader. Like it was it was important. And she could have gone back into the locker room, and nobody would have blamed her. But she got dressed, but she said, no, it's your guy's time. And she wanted to stay there and, and cheer them on. Yes, Eden. You know, it's one of those things that you just don't really ever think about, the twisties 
but as a gymnast, I'm sure it's like common knowledge, but as you know, just somebody watching on TV, it's like, dang, yeah, if you lose that ability to just have like supreme confidence in what you're doing and knowing which way is up and which way is down, I mean, it's just like crippling. And you don't even think about it because, you know, they've been doing this. And then when you start thinking about, oh, my God, I, I don't know if I can do this or I, can, I can't do it the way I'm supposed to do this. Then they're going to take points off because I didn't complete what I was supposed to do. And then you get into your head. And I, I say this all the time about athletes. They don't think. They don't want to think. They think in preparing for those moments. But you don't want you just you re, you react, you know it's 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 so subconscious of of what you do, and I always bring up John McEnroe as an example because I ask him I said how do you do what you do and he goes I don't know, because you do it when you're preparing you're like okay I'll practice these shots but but then the ball is hit now you have to hit that shot, and and that's like Steph Curry, how do you do it? He probably can't explain it because he just does it. You talk to an actor. How do you do it? I don't know. I, I just do it. You know, when you start to think about it, then you, you're not able to do it. It's weird. It's just you know, asking Joe Montana about this. Like, what do you think when you go to line of scrimmage? And he said, you know, I've already done my homework. You know, I know Jerry's there. I know uh, John Taylor's there. I know that I got Roger Craig out of the backfield. But he doesn't know what the defense is going to do. So that's when you go, okay, I'm, I'm going to process this in real time and then react naturally. Because you can't go, all right, I got three seconds, two seconds. I got to start thinking here. It's like, I got that, 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 and then this is what I do. And that's where I marvel at these athletes. They don't think. They try not to. Because it feels like the more you think, the more you kind of get in your own way. That mental block or whatever that is. And guys will talk about going to the plate. You know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for a fastball. You know, they just go up there and they go, if I see it, I'm going to hit it. And that's what the great ones would do. But you go up with a game plan. You always have to have that game plan. But it's when you get in that moment, what do you do when it's live? <laughs> when well, those are real bullets there. And you're going, oh, my God. You don't have time to go, uh, could you hold on for a second? I got to think about this. Update the poll results, McLovin. Okay, we still have up uh, who is more likely to reach Super Bowl, the Rams or the Cardinals. Rams won it. We were debating a question over here. Vegas is getting the Super Bowl. What's the one Super Bowl city you would like to visit Super Bowl week as a fan? Miami, New Orleans, Las Vegas. And is there any other city that I need to put on there? Well, Los Angeles. No. Do people want to go to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl? Well, we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're not. But I feel like Los Angeles. Wait, has is to... that why you put it on? Because you're not going with yeah. us? Because oh. you're quitting the show next oh. week? But in Los Angeles, though, isn't like <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of things to do in Los Angeles. You know? Yes, Paul. I think I know what he's saying, though. Yeah. You could be in Los Angeles during Super Bowl week and not know there's a big football game that weekend. Remember we were in New York for Super Bowl week? And people were walking around like, what's well, all these banners over I there. know. If you went to a certain point in Manhattan, you would never know that there was a Super Bowl across the river. In Midtown, you knew it. 
But there would be other places where if I said, hey, there's a big event going on on Sunday, you know what it is? And people would be like, uh, nope. Super Bowl. Yeah, Paul. I mean, I'm sure Vegas has good food, but the food in New Orleans, I mean, that's next level. You get to spend eight or nine days in New Orleans. I put on seven pounds that, that Super Bowl, and I was happy about it. Yeah. Oof. Miami was spread out, though. Now, we had a great location, and both times we've been there. That first time when we were on the beach, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, see. I feel like we're snoozing on Vegas a little bit, though. Because Vegas feels small townish enough that you're going to know the Super Bowl is in town, but also big enough to have a ton of fun. Yeah. I want to go to Vegas for the Final Four. Let's go. Yeah. I've been there a few times for the first four days of the NCAA tournament, not the Final Four. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I think. Oh, that's right. McLovin won't be going with us uh, to that as well. Well, I mean, if you guys are there on Saturday, we could stop by. We could. No. Play some no. roulette. I'm sorry, who? No, I'm not barring you. I'm just saying you're not going with us. Man. I'm sorry, who's here? Yeah. Andrew? Who? Yeah, who's... The, who? What? <laughs> who's outside? Who? A guy named McLovin? Nah, I don't know McLovin. From Superbad? Yeah. Oh. Bring him in! <laughs> <laughs> no, he said he used to be on the show. Which show? No, your show. Hmm, that doesn't ring a bell. Next Thursday... You're dead to us. You mean Christopher Mintz Plus? (laughs) (laughs) Next Thursday, McLovin, dead to us. Well, I got on the show by just showing up at random times without your knowledge or foreknowledge. So I figured if I need that strategy again, I could just show up at a meet Friday. Just pretend, uh, Mm -hmm. hey. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, What do you have? Steak? (laughs) French dips? All right. French dips, yeah. (laughs) French dips, huh? Sweet. Yeah, so next Thursday is the, the final day. McLovin walks out, and uh, we change the locks. That's it. Then you're done. Uh, Fritzy says, I'm going to cry, and uh, we have a pie to the face at stake here. It just requires one teardrop. Yeah. You don't have to be hysterical or anything, but I do need one drop out of you to avoid that pie. Will you cry? I might. I get very emotional about stuff. And he's I've, been never my back seen you, I've never seen you cry. You've never seen me cry. No, I don't think so. Even after a bad Bronco loss or anything like that? I don't think so. I'm not with you yeah, after no, they I, lose. I, maybe I'll hide in the bathroom and cry. But there's, you know, I'm being used to having Andrew next to me all this time. I, I'm gonna, it's going to hit me. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily cry that day. But, you know, I've been thinking about the day. You're not crying. Cry. You're not crying. Yeah, Paul. I'm the king of no emotion. Fritzy's the king of fake emotion. Like, we're all so happy for you. Or, how was your vacation? Fritzy mm. is lovely platitudes. Mm. Yeah, McLovin. I don't think I've ever even seen Todd get the slightest bit emotional now I, that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. He is totally cold. Yes. I think when we were watching the Super Bowl with him that time in Los Angeles, remember the Broncos? Yeah. He was emotional then. He would be well, like... Wait, wait, wait. He went to his room at halftime. Right, but he that first half he would complain about like holding. No, oh! yeah, but that and was like, anger Dude. though, Seaton. But it was it was at least something. That out was of him. onion bagel anger by him. <laughs> onion bagel energy. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, he's angry as all get out. I mean, him and Paulie are emotionally dead inside. I think <laughs> Paul is. I, you know when uh, when remember we had Getty Lee from Rush call in. Yeah. And I picked up the phone. Yeah. I wouldn't say I got emotional, but I had like, 
I had that little pause where I, man, I'm talking to Getty Lee. Okay. That's the kind of emotion I get. I don't think I get emotion about puppies and kids and stuff. Yeah. Like Seton gets emotional. I, Are you kidding me? I'm a roller coaster. Yeah, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Yeah, I am. I embarrass my family. Todd, when's the last time you cried publicly? Last time I cried publicly? Not very recently. A lot of that's done. How about like, anywhere? Last time you cried? I, I think I was looking at some old pictures uh, the other day at, on my phone of like the kids when they were little, and that uh, got me all choked oh, up. Oh, I think you were looking at other pictures on your phone. <laughs> well, I, I get emotional <laughs> a different way about those, but as far as like, you know, emotional, like I'm like, caught up in the uh, moment of like, you know, sadness or missing the, the kids at a, you know, a certain age, that, uh, that stuff kind of hits me off. Do you have the uh, sound effect from Todd yesterday, Seton? <laughs> Best and worst of the weekend, Todd, start with you. Best the way the Broncos honored the <laughs> weekend. What, what happened? <laughs> It's as if I was like jumping into the pool and I had to like hold my breath or something. <laughs> Just attach that to the cough and the laugh and everything else. No, it's, it's, it's like you're on a bike and you swallowed a bug. Best weird. and worst of the weekend, Todd, start with you. Best way to I think I pressed my on air mic button a little too soon and I, that, that was meant to be my own breath and then I should have hit the button. And we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Last call for phone calls. What we learned, what's in store tomorrow, all of that forthcoming. Davis in New York joining us. Hi, Davis. What's on your mind today? Okay, so I have a question for McLovin. Um, so I know Dan Patrick said on um, two Fridays ago that he would give you a sports Emmy if you guys won. But McLovin, would you give Dan Patrick a sports Emmy if you won? your first year of being a host. Okay. Thank you, Davis. What? That's on in, in play. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I would not give... No, I would give you a sports Emmy. No, because I'm not part of your show that you're leaving us for. Yeah, the Emmy is for this year, 2021. Yeah, I would give you a sports Emmy, even though you're leaving us, when we get the award coming up in whatever that is, March we've, or April. We've had a lot of situations where people were on our list at the Emmys who no longer were with the show on yeah. the production side. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I would give you a sports Emmy if we won this year. I mean, my worst fear is 2022. Yes, that's what I'm hoping <laughs> April for. April of 20, uh, that would be. It would be awesome if we won the sports Emmy the year after you left. Yes, Eden. Which sports Emmy would mean more to you, Dan? 2021 or 2022? 2022. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be awesome. It's like Brady winning without Belichick? Yes. Well, no. Belichick's one of the Kobe winning great. without Shaq? No. It's, <laughs> it's more like Brady winning without Nikhil Harry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got Heisman Trophy odds for next year. It's never too soon to talk about it. 
Bryce Young is your favorite. C.J. Stroud. Spencer Rattler is back in there as South Carolina's quarterback. Shocked. Come on. Caleb Williams. I would put Caleb Williams in there before Spencer Rattler. Tyler Van Dyke, Jr. the third, Miami. Kenneth Walker, the third. Who else is in here? JT Daniels, DJU, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers went to Texas Tech? No, Texas. Oh, Texas. I can't keep track. That he was at Ohio State. He graduated early from high school and then went to Ohio State, was there this year, now transferring to Texas. Yes, Pauline. Every other quarterback is either going to the draft or in the transfer portal. This is transfer portal week. Everyone's moving. Yeah. Bryce Young trying to go Archie Griffin back-to-back. C.J. Spencer Rattler, they tried to put him in there this year, and I said he's not consistent. Yeah, McLovin. But if you look at the history of the award – Transfers have been winning. Joe Burrow, yeah. Kyler Murray, Baker won, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if South Carolina is going to be good enough. Right? I think that you got to factor that in as well. Ohio State's going to be good. Alabama will be good. Oklahoma will be good. Miami, maybe. Michigan State. I think you got to factor those things in. Are, is Spencer Rattler going to have a standalone game? I mean, it, what the, is that Alabama, Georgia? Like, if you do that, maybe? Yeah, McLevin. When you put it that way, why does this poor kid want to go to the SEC? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought he was going to go to Alabama, but you can go to South Carolina. That's been a while since they've had a really good quarterback there. This day in sports history, Paul. 1952, the Brooklyn Dodgers signed a pitcher named Sandy Koufax, Dan. 1984, Howard Cosell. Was that 52 or 53? I have 52 for the signing, made his debut in 53. Because I've got him with a $6,000 contract and a $14,000 signing bonus, and he chose baseball over basketball at Cincinnati. Uh, So, 52 or 53? Yes, correct. Okay, one of those two years. One of us is very right. Yes. 1984, Howard Cosell retired from NFL's Monday Night Football. Mm. In 86, Dan Marino set the NFL record for career 400-yard passing games with seven. 1997, Barry Sanders, the Lions, ran for more than 100 yards in his 13th consecutive game. Also on this day, 2019, Joe Burrow won the Heisman. He received 93.8% of the uh, possible points, the largest win in Heisman history. By comparison, Bryce Young had 83%. That's seventh all time. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Paulie has a Steph Curry game before we say goodbye. Very quick. Over under five and a half threes made made for Steph Curry tonight. I'm going over. Anybody want the under? I'm going to go under with five. Okay. Mm. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> you couldn't go three. You had to be really close. Can't it's be extreme. Be just mm. below the half mark. Okay. Go under with four and a half. Yeah. Uh, That's what we learned, brought to you by the 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Make sure 
You get your orders in by tomorrow, so you get them in time for the holidays at danpatrick.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow. For Seton, Paulie, Fritzie, and McLovin, yours truly, this has been the Dan Patrick Show. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. One more item. We close out this show. Simply Safe Home Security. Now's the time to do it. Simply Safe Holiday Deals. Just because you're a Dan Patrick Show listener, you get early access, 40% off their award winning home security. The award that they won among the awards that they've won Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. You get it monitored around the clock. Trained professionals, they send help the instant you need it. Comprehensive sensors, cameras, everything you need. You make your home safe. You customize the system. You can do it online. It'll take you a couple of minutes, delivered right to your door. No long-term contracts, commitments, or hidden fees. It's really easy to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. And biggest discounts of the year, you can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. So take advantage of this as a listener of this show. Simply Safe's holiday deals. Get 40% off your new home security system. Visit simplysafedan.com. Simplysafedan.com for 40% off your entire system.